Ringers, welcome to episode 95 of the Put a Ring on It podcast. You guys, we are talking about good, good stuff here today in today's episode. We're talking about the five steps to start planning your wedding. These are amazing tips for you guys that are newly engaged and are ready to like just dive in head first to the planning process. I love it. And this is like a very foundational episode. This is not just, um, hey, check this thing off your list. Check this thing on your list. This is like foundation of the foundational things, right? This is not step number one, get your photographer. Step number two, right? Like this is very core foundational things. This is a must listen episode. I think this is going to be a very practical one for so many couples out there. Yes, I love this episode. We get into a bunch of different things and this is like a good one to take notes on. But as always, hit up our show notes, put a ring on it podcast.com where you can get all the little tips that we talk about. And I know my wonderful co-host, your Dan, is going to tell you about another way to get even more out of this podcast. And guys, if you're enjoying this, maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you're a longtime listener. Our goal is to kind of break through the wedding BS that's out there. There's a whole bunch of FOMO that's thrown out by the wedding community sometimes. If you don't have this like cool cake setting set, your wedding's not going to be awesome. If you don't have ball jars with wildflowers in them, your wedding's not going to be awesome, right? And we're trying to cut through all of this BS and bring you like very sensible, practical wedding planning advice. And we want to continue doing that, right? So the couples who came before you when we were down in episode one through 10, 20, they came alongside of us many times and helped support us financially so we could continue bringing this information to you guys. So if you are capable, add us into your budget which we'll be talking a little bit more about today, come alongside us and support your couples who are going to come after you so we can continue bringing this to them. So if you're getting any encouragement, any support, any tips or tricks, any tidbits, any little nuggets of wisdom from mostly from Danielle, let's be honest, I'm just here for the comedic relief. (laughs) Uh, Come alongside us and you do that by going to patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. That's put a ring on it. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash P-A-R-O-I. ROI. There's a bunch of different ways you can come alongside and support us and you get some fun things too. So head over there, check it out. If you have the ability, we would love it. If not, that's okay too. We get it. Money can sometimes be tight, but hit us up if you can. We'd love to be there and we'd love to be there for the couples who are listening in the future, but we're talking to the couples now. Do you know what I mean? It's like a real weird existential thing that I'm thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Very meta. Let's, let's, (laughs) let's, let's reel it in a little bit. And uh, dive into this episode, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Hey there, ringers. Welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner of DPNAC Events. And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography. Together, we are two wedding pros sharing our best tips, tricks, and advice for planning a wedding that feels good to you. Because planning a wedding is hard work. But not anymore, because we've got your back. So, Dan, are you ready? You know it! Let's do this. Welcome, ringers, to another episode of the podcast. I'm Danielle. (laughs) And I'm Dan. Every time I do that, I dance, and y'all don't get to see my dance moves. Dan, can you please tell them how good they are? They are pretty epic, let's be honest. That is for sure. But not as epic as mine. They're profesh. Shots fired. Um, shots fired. I'm pretty sure I would win in a dance-off. Maybe. You've got those long limbs, though. That's not fair. Maybe if we were dancing ballet, you would win. 
But if you're popping and locking, I would win. If we're talking ballet or tap, yeah, I have you schooled. Popping and locking, maybe not so much. Though I, my bones do pop quite a bit, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So here we go. In this episode, guys, if you're here with us right now, you probably are engaged. You maybe even just got engaged, to which we say, Yay. congratulations. Wow, Dan, come on. Yay. That was sad. Well, I didn't want to, like, scream. I got babies upstairs sleeping. So that was like a, yay. Okay, see, hopefully they didn't wake him up. You're going to be in big trouble. So yes, congratulations, you're engaged. This is a really wonderful thing. And you're here, right? You're here with us and we're really excited about that. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about some really good things about what to do when you're ready to really start diving into wedding planning. Because once you've told everyone who matters, whether it's like a phone call to like dad or, you know, posting the ring selfie thing, whatever it is, it's really time to like, Take a nice deep breath and like dip your toe into the planning waters. And we're here to dip our toes in with you. Yep. But that being said, one of the things we were talking about as we were planning for this episode is that like, I feel like the moment you get engaged, I feel like everybody's like, did you pick the date yet? And it's like, no, no, no. Like literally five minutes ago, I just got engaged. You saw it. Like you saw him get down on the knee, right? Like you saw that. We haven't had any time to talk anything yet like we don't have a date yet right and i feel like everybody just assumes you're gonna like dive right in and like do the thing right away but it's also totally fine to like take a deep breath and enjoy like the fact that you're engaged and soak it in a little bit before you jump in yes it is okay if you don't immediately have a binder in place just like in your back pocket that you're like yes now the item that i'd like to bring to your attention is (laughs) item a no that's like so not how it needs to go down please if you do anything that we say take a minute after you get engaged and by a minute i mean like days weeks months whatever you need to do years if you need to and just enjoy this newness the excitement of just being engaged it's a new chapter of life sure maybe things don't like change drastically for you logistically but it's fun to just glow a little bit like this is your time to just brainstorm and daydream and talk about what ifs and just like go crazy dan and for those of you listening for you that you don't know i have been engaged hold your breath now since july of 2018 guys i know it's bad i'm a wedding planner i'm gonna figure it out it's fine don't worry about it but For those of you that were around at that point, which I'm realizing now is not many of you, all things considered, but Dan, do you remember when I got engaged and I had an entire wedding planned in my head in Bali within like a few days? Like I was like determined that like, oh, I figured it out. We're going to take all of our family to Bali. We're going to spend like a week there and it's going to be great. Only to then realize like a day later that I didn't know where Bali was and that's really far away and there's no way I could get my dad on a plane for that long. <laughs> right. So like I just had to go through that phase, right? Yep. I think that naturally as people start asking you questions and wondering like you are not tied to anybody else and to share anything with anybody else, right? And I think setting boundaries is a really great thing. And when I was on paternity leave, Danielle did an amazing episode with Berlin Martin. Uh, It's back on episode 77, how to set boundaries while planning your wedding with Berlin. And she's amazing. That episode is amazing. And honestly, like setting boundaries and just coming up with a couple of 
kind of go-to statements that you can say like, listen, I'll tell you when I know. Like that's one of my favorite ones. That's what all these people would say. Like it was about the babies, right? When we were having our twins and then be like, send us this and do this and do that. And be like, we'll let you know when we know. And that was like our go-to for everything. But yeah, just setting boundaries, I think is a good place to be when people start coming at you with all of the expectations and traditions and opinions. Yes. So with that said, once you've gone through that phase and you are ready to, as I said earlier, dip your toe into the world of wedding planning, there are five things that I want you to start with. And we're going to unpack those five things and then like send you on your journey to all of the other episodes that we have on this podcast that will help you with all the other million things that you have to do. But we're going to focus on the first five because they're truly foundational and they are just so critical to setting yourself up for a really good planning experience with your partner. I feel like this is going to be a cornerstone episode that is going to tie together a lot of the threads that we've been talking about. Damn it. Why didn't we save this for episode 100? Because we haven't planned out that far. And this is an important episode to talk about right now. It is. It's important right now. And if you're listening right now, we're glad you're here with us. So let's do this. Okay. So we're going to start out with the very first thing you need to do. Now, argue with me all you want. I don't care. The first thing that you need to do is you need to talk with your partner and anybody else that's going to be involved in planning this wedding and figure out what your priorities are. This is before you have a venue. This is before you do anything else. This is the reason that I recommend taking that time and that break to daydream and talk about the what ifs and all those different things, because it's going to show you what type of event you actually want to host for your guests. Like as you talk through these priorities with your partner, you're going to learn a few things. What matters to you might not matter at all to your partner. That doesn't mean they shouldn't matter to you or that they should matter to them. It's just going to show you what each of you is thinking about when you say, I just want everybody to have a good time. And I think determining your priorities looks like two different things, right? I think one, it looks kind of like a mission statement. Like what are the things that are important to you? Um, in that mission statement will be your priorities naturally, like the top three to five things that are the most important to you, right? Like over the last bajillion episodes that we've done, I've talked many times about the top three things that when Rachel and I were planning that were our priorities, right? Photography, of course, guest experience. And those were like the major ones, right? So that meant that like all the other things that kind of didn't go along with those priorities kind of got put by the wayside. Ultimately, our budget ended up going towards those major three things. And so we scooped our budget from elsewhere. But what ends up happening is that you'll learn a few things along the way, right? And basically, that just means you really have to get on the same page. Yeah, I think the key part of that, too, is like not just getting on the same page, but like probably getting on the same sentence on that same page, too, because it's not uncommon for a couple to say, or at least one person of the couple to say, I just want everybody to have a good time. To which I say, well, duh, like who wants to be like, I just want to play an event where no one really has a great time. Ew, right? I don't want to go to that (laughs) event. So that's where you have to get a little bit more granular and get clarity on what that means to that person. For some persons, it might mean a good time is like really great food and conversation. So you want this like long drown out dinner or to some it's a chill night around a fire pit or maybe it's like a raging dance party. It is so common that I see people saying like, I just want everybody on the dance floor all night long. Well, that starts to like tell you different things about the type of event you're going to have. You're probably going to hire a great DJ or a great band. You're going to make sure that the food is really incredible or you're going to plan an event around someplace that you can have a fire pit so people can just hang out and have a really casual laid back weekend. There's all so many different things that it comes into planning a wedding and hosting an event. There is no right or wrong. So this is where like 
starting here is so important. Yeah, and don't necessarily focus so much on like the traditions and all that stuff that you want to add in at this point. Think more about like the feel, the experience that you want to have and the experience that you want to provide for your guests, right? Because as Danielle said, like if you want to have a big bonfire at the end of your wedding, going to a country club is probably not going to end up being the right place for you, right? So there will be time coming up where you think about the layout of the reception and how everything's going to flow. But you're looking at like, the big overall like look feel experience that you want to have. And it comes back to that like mission statement and those like major things that you really want list out the five things that are the most important for you. Yeah. And if you're having a hard time figuring out like, okay, getting into that headspace of what do we want our guests to experience? Ask yourselves a question when it's the wedding day and it's all said and done and it's happened and guests are on their way home. What do we want them to say? That is a really great way to kind of get your brain thinking. And when it's like the end of the wedding night, what do we want to be saying to one another? Like what's going to be filling us up in that moment? And that's your starting point. If you're having a hard time figuring out what are our priorities, because I know that's like a very broad, random term, but start there and just let the conversation unfold and figure out what each of you wants for that day. That's for sure. And I think a priority really needs to be looking at your budget. Right. And not even looking at it, but creating a budget. Yes. So that is number two. We've determined our priorities and now we move on to budget. The dreaded B word, budget. Okay. <laughs> Can we remix that? Budget. Oh, no, that sounded more like Looney Tunes. <laughs> not even cute. <laughs> that was definitely like Daffy Duck or oh, no, no. What was it? Who, who did he Porky used to say? Um, th- th- yeah, Porky Pig. Th- th- that, 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 that's all, folks. Yes. Please don't sue us. So budget. I know money can be more uncomfortable than with the fact that we were just talking about Looney Tunes, right? It's an uncomfortable conversation to have. You can like change the word budget to use words like financial comfort zone or whatever it is that you need to do, but you need to have a conversation with everybody who's going to be contributing to the budget about what that budget is going to look like. Because the last thing you want to do is assume, right? When parents get involved or anybody in your life that is graciously and wonderfully contributing, it's hard. And I'm in this situation. I understand how hard it is to say, yes, yes, mom and dad, thank you. Now, how much money exactly are you going to give me? Like, how do you just come out and ask that question, right? Like, it's hard and it's awkward. But if you don't and you assume, you can really go into a territory that is beyond uncomfortable and terrible down the line, which we don't want to do either. Yeah. What's the saying? You know, borrowing money is the quickest way to lose a friend or something like that. It's sticky, right? But I think that having the uncomfortable conversation is better than not having the uncomfortable conversation. And later on down the road, realizing that there's a whole bunch of expectation that comes along and like strings attached to that money that was given to you. So just having the conversation now, getting on the same page, sentence, word, letter, uh, (laughs) everybody's like right there lined up. Then going forward, it just sets like a perfect foundation for knowing exactly which way you're going to go, exactly who has to be involved and what decisions. Like there's just nothing left to chance or a gray area. Yeah, it's not uncommon that I hear, and I think it's because parents don't necessarily feel comfortable giving their kid a set number because they don't want to necessarily, they don't want to hit that number, whatever it is. So they'll often say, don't worry about the budget. There is no budget, whatever it is. I will tell you this, everyone has a budget. Even the Kardashian family has a budget. It might be significantly bigger than all of ours, probably combined, but everyone has a budget. So if it helps, you can always say, hey, we're thinking about planning an event. 
we want to pull everything together to total roughly whatever X amount of dollars, $50,000, $10,000, $150,000, whatever that number is to you. How do we feel about that? To get there, we're going to need your help in this area. How do we feel about that? And go from there. Maybe opening the conversation that way is an okay way to start saying like, hey, how do we feel about this? Because there's always going to be a number that someone goes, you're going to spend how much now? And you need how much money from me? But that's a good place to start. Because once you have your budget determined, like you don't have to whip out an entire itemized spreadsheet. Like if that's your jam, by all means, go for it for my spreadsheet lovers out there. But it's just a good starting point to see how many guests you can host or how many guests you want to host because the next thing you're going to do, you've talked about priorities, you've talked about budget. The next thing you need to do is you need to build your guest list. Ooh, building the guest list. Dan, what do we always say about the guest list on this podcast? That this is the number one contributor to how expensive or basically the number one contributor to like what your budget looks like. Every person that you add onto that guest list can be a nice, sizable chunk of money. Even when you add kids, it can get out of hand quickly. And people don't realize that when they get into wedding planning, especially as you, the couple who's going out there and looking at venues and all that stuff, and you get uh, these lists back that say, okay, it's this much per person, 125, $150, $200, $250, $300 a person. And somebody else comes in, it's like, hey, can I bring a plus one? And then your parents are like, hey, I'm bringing these 15, 30 people, but they're not helping out at all. And then you're just like, oh, hey, there's $15,000 that I wasn't expecting to spend, right? Yes, 100%. It gets sticky quickly. Yes, it is your biggest contributing factor by and large. And it's not even like, okay, well, we just decided we're going to put a cap on our budget and we just have to make it work. Okay, totally fair. But here's the thing. The higher your guest list number, the more you have to spread out all of those funds to accommodate all those different people. You have less funds than for everything else. In the same respect, the lower your number, the more you'll be able to do with the funds that you have accessible to you because it's just going to be such a big factor in all this. And the reason that I say figure out this number now is because you can't determine what venue is going to be best for you until you know how many people it is that you need to host. We've talked about this before, but when you're trying to figure out, okay, what's going to be a good venue for us? You're going to go see all these different venues. Let's say you're working with a 200-person guest list and you fall in love with a venue that only holds 125. One of two things needs to happen. You either need to change your guest list or you need to change your venue because both can't happen at the same time. You cannot invite 200 guests if you can't host 200 guests. It's just how it comes down to. Please, guys, please, please, please. I see this happen far too often. Please don't secure a venue that holds significantly less guests than you have on your list. Because yes, it's not likely that all 100% of your people are going to come, but that list really often tends to grow and you don't want to invite more people than you can accommodate because you can't uninvite people. Yep. It's really interesting. When we were planning, we kind of narrowed it down to our two favorites and that we were going to go take a look at and then see if we wanted to see more from there if those weren't great. And we went to the first one thinking like, okay, this is probably going to be the one, but we'll go check out this other one after. And we went to that first one. We walked in and they were barely ready for us. There wasn't even like a dedicated wedding person. It was like a couple steps above like a janitorial person. They just walked in and were like, here you go, here's the space. And we're like asking questions and they just didn't know. And they asked us how many guests we were going to have. We said, oh, you know, we're probably going to invite 200. They're like, oh, we can't hold that many. I was like, wait, what? We said this in the initial email 
And it was just strange. So we ended up going to the second place and they blew us out of the water. They had such an amazing experience, which ended up being where we got married at. What was interesting is when we went to the venue we actually got married at and we walked through the gates and we felt like the experience of walking through it, it allowed us to have a better experience for our guests. And we ended up deciding on cutting our guest list before we even sent it out so we could afford that venue, number one. But two, since we cut our list down, we invited less people. That money was then spread out like other places like Danielle said. Yeah, it's such a crucial part of all of this. And I know it's tough because I think the thing that you naturally want to do is you want to like start diving in. You want to start doing all these different things that are probably a little bit more fun or exciting. And I totally get that. And that's what the like brainstorm phase of all of this is about. But we're talking about when it's like really time to start into the planning process. These are the things that you're going to want to start with for sure. And talking with everybody involved is going to be beyond critical to this step because the last thing you want is to put together your beautiful little list of your intimate wedding with 100 people and then have mom or dad come back and say like, well, you're totally missing these 15 coworkers of mine that I already told were invited to the wedding. Yikes. The next one I'm going to introduce because I feel like it's better coming from me. But I also feel like my wife should come in here and talk about this one at some point, because when Rachel and I were planning, I said, hey, there's this person who I'd like to kind of handle our wedding planning, because when the wedding day comes, I need somebody to kind of like steer us, right? Like we need somebody who's a sounding board. We need somebody to kind of constantly go to and help keep us on track. But then on the wedding day, like I don't want to have to worry about or think about anything. I just want to hang out with my people. I just want to have a good time and not worry about the cards or any of that stuff. Right. And she's like, I don't know. I think I could do this. And I was like, yeah, we totally can, but let's just talk to her and see, you know, what she has to offer. And after we got off that call, I remember Rachel saying, I just want to be best friends with her. Right. Because we weren't like friends really at that point. We like, you know, had done some weddings together and that was it. But she basically said like, we need to be best friends with her. I feel so comfortable with her taking everything over. And that was it. And the point I'm trying to make here is that when you put somebody else in charge of your wedding, it leaves you open to the possibility of enjoying everything that much more because the stress is taken off. And somebody like Danielle, she gets to assume that stress a little more and make sure everything runs smoothly. Yeah. Thank you for that. So as you're like starting to plan out, it's not uncommon to think exactly what Rachel thought. And Rachel was more than capable of planning the entire wedding. But here's the thing. As you go through the process, weddings have become such large scale productions. And I'm not talking about like, oh, all these crazy things that are happening. Just even regular, quote unquote, traditional weddings are big productions. There's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of things going on. And for the same reason that you don't typically build a house without a general contractor, or you don't buy the house without a real estate agent. Yes, it's totally possible to do both of those things. But what ends up happening is you have a lot more that you have to figure out and research and learn on your own versus having somebody who's very experienced holding your hand through the process. Now, there's different ways and obviously different approaches by every single wedding planner out there. I don't necessarily like to take charge, as Dan said, but I do like to make sure that my couples feel like they are 100% in the driver's seat because they are not. I just want them to feel that way. I just want to give them all the tools and roadmaps. And like, I'm sitting on the like, you know, that little thing, the console in the middle, I'm just like perched there with like water stack. Like, here's all your little things for our little road trip that we're going to go on (laughs) together. And I'm going to be your little sidekick buddy. And I'm going to help you through all this. I'm going to be like, hey, there's a left turn coming up, make that left turn. Or do you want to like save 10 minutes off your time? We're going to make a right turn. And it's going to be really amazing. 
that's my job throughout this process. But in going back to our topic, what we're talking about is what to do when you're ready to start planning. If you're going to be working with a full-on planner, meaning somebody who's helping you from the very beginning to the very end, not just someone who's going to be handling the wedding management side of it all, hiring them very early on before you've selected your venue and all that stuff is going to be incredibly helpful to you because you can honestly hire a planner at any point throughout the process, but a great planner who knows their area is going to help you find the perfect venue in the same way, like I said earlier, a real estate agent helps you find a house. Yes, you can Google until you're blue in the face, but not every venue is listed on the knot. There are some amazing hidden gems out there and they're going to know the ins and outs of every single one. And I promise online photos and reviews on websites can be very, very deceiving. Guys, planners talk. We always have the inside dirt. We talk to each other. We know what's going on. It is literally our job. Yes, you can absolutely go on to the next step without doing this, but if you have the capacity to work with a planner that's going to help you soup to nuts A to Z start to finish, it is such a good investment at this stage to bring them on board so that they can guide you on to the next step. Love that. Thanks. Obviously, that's like I'm biased, right? So like I hear you all like it is what it is, but this is this once in a lifetime thing for you guys, right? Even if you've been married before, this event that you're going to be hosting with your partner is your chance to just show everybody who you are. And if you can get yourselves help along the way, none of that is about accepting that you're not capable, that you're not enough, that you can't do this on your own, because yes, you could absolutely do it on your own, but it is so not at all like it was when our parents' generations got married or our grandparents' generations got married. It is really different now. So give yourself the grace to say, yeah, I'm going to make the really smart move and say like, I'm going to have somebody to help me through this process because that's exactly what I would do with any other situation. Yep. Well said. The next big thing, and this is where people go, if you don't end up hiring a planner, this is where people go next, right? And this is where is the whole shindig, the whole kit and caboodle going to happen, right? And what date is it going to happen on? I feel like this is where things get really fun, right? Because you get to like go see stuff, you know, up to this point, it's kind of like putting the pen to the paper, doing the research, the Googling, the spreadsheeting and the notes and all that stuff. But now it's like, all right, Let's go envision where our wedding day is going to be, where we're going to have a party, where we're going to hang out. And it's a really good time and it's fun because it's like the doing of things, the real step in like the right direction, the tangible step, I guess you could say. Right. This is the fun step. So it's easy to kind of jump forward to this step. And if this is a step you do in like your brainstorming process, just to be like, hey, I just want to see what's even out there to see what's possible for us, then by all means, go for it. But the reason we do all of those other things first is the same reason that you wouldn't go buy a house until you knew roughly how many bedrooms you needed and what ish your budget was, right? Because if you're working with a $300,000 budget for a house, you're not going to go look at million dollar mansions. Yes, they're pretty, but that's just torture unless you're doing it just for fun, in which case by all means go for it, I guess. But this is why we save this step for here because it is so much fun. And it's such an exciting part of the process, right? Because you're still in this like phase of so many what ifs and like, oh, I could see this and I can see this. But like Dan said, don't just limit yourself to one thing. Go see a bunch of venues, make appointments and have a really good time with it. Venues now have so many availability with like being able to look at their venue online and they have videos and they have like 3D walkthroughs. There's so many tools and resources at your fingertips now to be able to see all this stuff. So I really love that. And yes, as Dan said, date's also important. So if you have a specific date or a specific season in mind, 
the earlier you're able to book with a venue, then the higher likelihood they have that availability. So I will say as a disclaimer for our couples that are listening, that are getting married in 2021 or want to get married in 2021, please keep in mind that the year 2020, if you have not heard, was a very crazy year, especially for, not especially, but for everybody, but in the wedding industry, which you're going to be entering into, many 2020 couples had to postpone their wedding to 2021. So for now, availability is beyond all over the place. So if you have a specific season or even a specific date in mind, before you start seeing venues or doing whatever with venues, reach out to them and say, hey, do you have this date available? Do you have anything available within fall of whatever year or whatever you're going to be doing? Because you don't want to go see a venue, fall in love with it, and then find out you can't get married there for another three years because that's their next date that's available. Yeah, for sure. And before you guys go out and start rocking and rolling here, we definitely want you to go back and listen to two very specific episodes before you go to your venue. So that way you know what to ask. If there's any red flags popping up, you'll know how to see those and spot those out right away. So those two episodes are episode 30 for questions to ask your venue and episode 79 details to pay attention to when looking at your venue. Those will be infinitely helpful as you go out there and you start getting your hands dirty and you get ankle deep in the water as you start rocking and rolling. <laughs> ankle deep in the waters. Yes, 100%. Guys, your venue is your first like big decision where you are like committing to a date, you're committing to a place, you're signing that contract. You're shelling out money. You're shelling out money, but it starts there because you have to work around the availability of the venue. It's just what it comes down to. I don't usually recommend booking any vendors officially until your venue and your date are secured. So that is your five things you're going to start with when you start planning your wedding. You're determining your priorities. You're talking about the budget. You're building your guest list. You're getting a great wedding planner on board and you are off to determine and pick your amazing venue and your date. Yep. From here, you get to like do all the other things. You're off and running. You're ready to dive into like building your website and sending out save the dates, which you have to put your website on. And of course, you're hiring your photographer and your florist and your coordinator and, you know, all your other vendors. And I know I said coordinator in there. We've already talked about hiring a planner. But if you choose not to hire a planner early on and you just want somebody to work with you on like wedding management side of things, some people call it day of coordination, still hire that person early on because A, their availability is still limited and they're still going to hopefully be able to offer you recommendations and just still help throughout the process. So the earlier you're able to get your big picture vendors booked, the better. That's right. And if you guys are still really new to this and maybe you're just finding us one of the best ways you can really kickstart your planning is to continue listening to us and our episodes right if you're new here we put out episodes every other tuesday in 12 episode seasons like i said we're on episode 95 and all the past episodes that we have done are still applicable right and people are constantly going back that's why you know we do this podcast because this is evergreen content so people are still going back and listening to some of those first episodes which are different as we, you know, now not saying we're experts, we're surely not experts in podcasting, but, uh, you know, those first two episodes that I still think that second episode is your party for everybody else is one of the most raw and foundational episodes that we have created. It really talks about what we're about. So maybe if you're listening to this episode and you're just finding us, go back to episode two and listen to your party for everybody else. It's a good one. Yeah. Have a great time, guys. These are all here for you. They're all free and just ready for you to dive into when you need them. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Hey, before we wrap up this episode, we want to take a minute and give lots of love and virtual high fives to all of our Patreon supporters. We wouldn't be here without you. You guys are the best. Yeah, you are. And if you want to join this fabulous community of ringers, because let's be real, things are way easier when you have a solid support system who's going through it just like you are. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I, or just click the link in the show notes. Yeah, not only are you helping out our show, but we are committed to bringing you a ton of extra help along the way. Like we've said, we got your back. Another way you can show your support is to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. If you want to dive deeper on anything that we talked about today, check out the show notes at putaringonapodcast.com. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, where you can catch some more tips, see Dan's amazing photos, and watch some behind-the-scenes bloopers. Follow us at Put a Ring on It Podcast. Now, friends, remember, we are here to help you, but no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding is going to be amazing. Because you rock! Until next time, ringers.